MSing About Productions presents MSing About, a podcast about nothing. I'm Ian Hayden, an award-winning comedy writer who happens to have MS, and as always, I'm sitting opposite Katrina Christensen. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm fabulous. Katrina is a singer, a pianist, a carer, and a train driver, and she's successful at all of them. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, we'll come back to that. <laughs> because I want to talk about... Well, I was going to throw a FOMO wake for my 70th birthday. You were. I was very excited for this. Yes, I was going to celebrate 70 years of being a successful failure. Ah. <laughs> but I thought we could talk about some of my times. I fell at the hurdles, had a few fails. I've never been able to do the hurdles. I reckon I would fail oh, at that okay. too. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I've failed heaps more times than success, and we talk about award-winning. God, award-losing. <laughs> well, don't but before, they say before, that you before, have before to we have go a on, solid, solid sleep. Oh yes, solid sleep. We successful, talk about successful. They're successful at being Australia's number one manufacturer of adjustable beds, and you can check them out at Katrina. No, well, not at Katrina. No, no. <laughs> I know, but for, the, for those who, who, who can't see us, you were throwing over to me. So I'm going to give you the website for Solar Sleep, which is www.solarsleep.com.au. See, successful at remembering that. <laughs> now, we did talk about some awards that I've won recently, and Kingswood Country. It was a ah, comedy yes. in the 1980s, and I had three spectacular failures within that show. Right. Yeah. One was an audience malfunction. We used to record on Saturday afternoons and Saturday evenings. Okay. How does the audience malfunction? Well, Doug and I used to nip into the green room with a script and we'd tick or mark or what on the script on where, where the best laughs were. Oh. So we had an edit script if we had to. Okay. We're sitting there. Page one, not a laugh. <gasps> Page two, not a I laughed. Oh. So I left the green room, snuck into the back of the uh, recording studio where the audience bays were, and they were smiling, but they weren't laughing. And we found out that the receptionist at Channel 7 thought it would be a nice thing to invite all the kids from the deaf and dumb school along to see a television oh. show being made. <laughs> Thank God we recorded it at night as well. <laughs> So we used the whole of the night show and didn't have to do all the editing. Oh, my word. So that happened. Right. Two other spectacular Kingswood Country failures. You wouldn't know this fellow, Dale Buggins. No, I never heard of him, but I love his name. He was Australia's evil Knievel in 1981. He was about 20 years old and he used to jump cars and buses and, yeah, do one of those arena shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was he was seeing the world on fire. He had uh, world records for the jumps and things. And then he checked into a motel in Melbourne and blew his brains out. <gasps> oh. And because he was so big in pop culture at the time, we wrote a joke. And it was about, oh, Dale Buggins was going to be here tonight, but he missed the last bus. And it was, a, all right, it's a crap joke, but went to air the night he killed himself. Oh. And another one. That would have fallen quite flat. For the people at home. Yes. Not for the people in the studio audience who oh, laughed because they right. didn't know he they was... They didn't know. No, no one okay. knew because we recorded a few weeks before we went to Oh, air. no. And in the third series, Mrs. Bullpit 
Thelma Bullpit. Thelma Bullpit. She didn't sign up for the last series. Oh. So the writers in, or the writers, producers in their, in their genius, I don't know if you remember the show. It was I about, too, but uh, I don't uh, remember her not being well, in, in the last season. Well, she won a, well, a Woman's Weekly World Discovery Holiday, so she was going to Europe on a cruise, and Bruno, the Italian's mother, Rosa came in to look after Ted so you had the conflict of an Italian looking yes. after the bigot and each week just to keep Thel in the picture she sent a postcard back and we would you know we'd do a humorous postcard hey, what, anything in the mail a postcard from Thel oh here yeah, what's she up to so on this postcard we did something I remember something about she'd gone along the Riviera and I remember she, her, her remarking that Monte Carlo fancy naming a place after a biscuit <laughs> so it was that sort of humour, you know. Anyway, she did a she did a Princess Grace of Monaco joke, and yeah. uh, that week Princess Grace drove herself off the road and <gasps> killed herself. Oh. So that was a spectacular. You can't pick those things. No, you can't. Well, I felt bad because it went to air, and, and there you go. But you can't change them now. Kingswood Country was very successful. Yes. The executives of Channel 7 axed it before it went to air. What? And they thought it wasn't funny. Went to air first night, rated its bum off, so they went grovelling to Riley and Sattler and ended up going 89 episodes. Wow. So after that, 89 successful episodes, Channel 7 asked for another sitcom from Riley and Sattler. Right. And it's one you've never heard of. Okay. Daily at Dawn. Daily at Dawn. It wouldn't work now because it was set in a newspaper. Yeah, it sounds like that, yes. Yes, they had to get the newspaper out daily at dawn. Yes. And had had the first ever openly gay character in comedy in Australia in it. He was the entertainment reporter. Right. Uh, Nolene Brown, Henry Zepps. Had a good cast. I was going to say a good cast, Really good cast. Julianne Newbold, Paul Chubb, a good mate. Anyway, had a good cast. But Channel 7, in their wisdom, put it up against 60 Minutes on Sunday night. Oh. And in those days, everyone watched 60 Minutes. Wednesday night's your comedy night. Still yeah, is. that's it. Still yeah. is on ABC. And, yeah. and, and anyway, Riley and Sattler were so clever because of the previous axing, they got them to buy 26 episodes, two series, fully paid for. Wow. So they had to get paid out for the last so it didn't 13. didn't matter if it went to air or not. No, and the last 13... <laughs> Never went to where actors didn't need to be played, writers didn't need to be paid, and they pocketed a lot and retired. Wow. Good on them. Now, they did have a failure, Riley and Sattler. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. They worked together in advertising. Yeah. And then they were asked to come up with an ad campaign for PK Chewing Gum. I remember PK Chewing PK Chewing, Wrigley's, yeah. yeah. And they were sitting around probably over a boozy lunch going, what do we do about chewing gum? They looked at the packet and it's still on the packet today. It's got big P, full stop K. K. And they came up with the line that with every packet of PK, you get a free full stop. (laughs) That's what they put the whole campaign on. They bought it for Australia. Right. And then they said, um, by the way, America's... uh, Wrigley's people are out here at the moment. Do you want to do the pitch to them? Yeah. And they say, yeah. Every packet of PK, you get a free full stop. What's a full stop? I know. I was going to say they don't know what full stop no, is, do they? Yeah. It's a period. Yeah, that's With it. With every packet of PK, you get a free period. <laughs> that was a failure. That didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Now, be back after a short commercial break. Okay. Because I found an old commercial. 
buy it? For a failed soft drink. Oh, really? It's called Mirinda. Mirinda. Ever heard of it? No. No. <laughs> Clearly it failed. Yeah, it's a good ad, though. <laughs> All right, let's go and have a listen. Mirinda. Mirinda Lemonade, the drink with the South Pacific sparkle, the brightest taste in lemonade. You love that South Pacific sparkle. Mirinda. That deepening Mirinda. There's nothing else, no, no other drink so sparkling Mirinda. Refreshing a ring as Mirinda. Enjoy Mirinda Lemonade, the brightest taste in lemonade. Now, I mentioned Nolene Brown. Yes, you Daily did. Daily at Dawn. Yes. She was also in the first comedy I ever saw in Australia called The Mavis Bramston Show. She was oh. in the first sitcom in Australia, My Name's Magooley, What's Yours? She was in Daily at Dawn. She also was in Kingswood Country. And when we did a radio show, she was in the Naked Vickers show as well. Oh, right. Um, but it was Ross Higgins, Keb Goldsby, Nolene Brown, and we wanted to do a sketch show, which we did called The Samuel Peep Show for... Well, 2GB and 70 odd stations and we thought we can't do the son of Vickers so we got Robin Moore instead of Nolene and Nolene was such a good sport she came along to the first record and wasn't peeved at all that we didn't use her in fact we became good friends and she taught Annie how to bone a chicken that's by the by <laughs> I thought it was a nice thing she, every, every Christmas we have bone chickens now but someone came up with the idea for a stage show in Melbourne a theatre restaurant show and we went, that'll be nice, because with theatre restaurant shows, you get money once you've written it, every time it goes. Um, you know, three nights a week, yep. 200 people paying money, get a percentage of that. Anyway, they asked us, who, who do you think would make a good director? And we said, Nolene Brown. She knows comedy backwards and she's got a big name. Yeah. We just, we just did the opening of the Regent Hotel with her and great to work with. So we three of us flew to Melbourne, picked up at the airport by two very shady-looking people who Doug referred to. One one was called Serge, oh. and Doug nicknamed the other one Destroy. Serge oh, and Destroy. Serge and Destroy. <laughs> anyway, we were in a hotel room and we were waiting to go to the theatre restaurant and Destroy, who was a big Samoan from memory, went to the bathroom, came back with a wet underarm and oh. down his shirt. And he said, that toilet just pissed back at me. <laughs> and the bloke said, you used the B-Day. <laughs> and they had a B-Day because it was red flock wallpaper. I think they rented the rooms out by the hour. Oh. And when we got to the theatre restaurant, we realised that it was a, a mafia underworld way of laundering money. Oh. That they would put the show on. Yeah, yeah. Run at a loss or put the cash money through. Look how much we made this week out of the show. So we came back to Sydney and went, we don't want to play. And they kept ringing us to going, you've got to play. And they even flew oh. someone up, a couple of heavies, to were threatening our health if we didn't <gasps> do it. Anyway, we managed to get out of it. How? Well, we knew it was coming, so we organised people to keep ringing us in the office while they were there. And we kept going, nah, sorry, mate, look, we're too busy, just can't do it, sorry. And kept knocking back, and they were over here, and, went, and eventually they went, oh, they're too busy. Busy. They're busy, yeah. Oh. Then, you know, you... I, I was waiting for Annie to come out and say, oh, I can bone a chicken. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, now, there was a theatre restaurant, it's still, it still in Sydney, called Kinsella's. Right. And it's in Oxford Square, um, in the middle of gay part of Sydney. Yeah. And it used to be Kinsella's Funeral Parlour. Oh. 
But they moved the funerals out, turned it into a theatre. I've seen some great shows there. Yeah, right. Anyway, Doug and I were asked to write a show for their topical review and we thought... We know they're not underworld, we'll write one. And we did the audition. Peter Fisher from Kingswood Country, he auditioned and we knew we could write for him. He had good timing. But they didn't like him. They wanted Andrew McFarlane from... Oh, do you remember him, and Sullivan's oh, Young yes. Doctors? Anyway. yes. Flying Doctors. Yeah. Um, Andrew's gay. Oh, right. As were the producers and director of this show. Yeah, okay. So it looked as though they wanted to make it a nice little Oxford Street number. Yeah. Anyway, they sent us away to come up with a name for the show. We came back with two names. You won't find them funny, but at that time they were. They were. Well, one was 2001 A Postcode. Right. Playing on 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yep. And the other one was called Waiting for Lotto, playing on Waiting for Goddard. Yeah, okay. So we thought, you know, because the whole of Sydney was waiting for Lotto. Yeah, they were. Yeah, so we thought they were clever names. Anyway, John Barningham, the director, decided to call it The Nightingale Sang in Taylor Square. (laughs) Anyway, I just blurted out and said, I don't think... Our comedy and your comedy is going to mix, so we we might just walk away now. And we got to the car and Doug said, I didn't know how you're going to word it, or I didn't know how to word it, thank you. <laughs> so we got out of that one, and then John Barningham died of AIDS shortly after, oh, so the show never went on. Never went on. Yeah, I lost three good mates to AIDS back then, but that's yeah. what happened. And Harry and Miller, I've mentioned Harry many times before, he's yes. been a big part of my life. First time I came across him was Hair the Musical. He produced that with the pregnant Marcia Hines. And he was Graham Kennedy's uh, agent. And he was the agent for Shane Withington and Grant Dodwell and got us oh. to write them a stage show when they left a country practice. Yes. Called Everybody Makes Mistakes. Mistakes was spelled M-I-S-T-E-A-K-S. Anyway, two big failures with Shane. One was... We did a TV pilot, I wrote it, he performed it, and it was a cooking show for men called First Burn the Onions. And, I love it. Oh, yeah. And we did it had, take off? Here's the thing. We went to Channel 7, yeah. the producer, and we said it'll cost you nothing. We can get product placement to do this, Master Foods, Coles, yeah, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And they said no. And who would have thought, how stupid were we to think that a cooking show would ever work on television? I know, right, and look at them. Master Chef, My Kitchen Rules. Oh, but everyone from Master Chef, who's who's, who's won, has now got their own show on SBS. That was one failure. And one night we we had a, uh, spent the night on Shane's yacht fishing. Yes. And for some reason one of us dropped something and we were hunting around the back of the boat for it and then, don't know which one of us came up with, wouldn't it be nice to have a little torch in your rod to just turn it in this big beam so you could find what you'd drop, bait your hook? The itty-bitty rod light, we called it. So every fishing rod would have this light that you could have a good look Genius at. Genius idea. Genius idea. Went <laughs> along to all these fishing shops and was yeah. never heard of it, but they said, geez, that's a good idea. So we found a patent attorney and paid him a lot of money to put a worldwide patent on it. And some angle fishing tackle company in Japan had a patent on it, but they'd never used it. Oh. So the, that went out, I think. 
How Green Was My Cactus? You've oh, heard yes, of? I have heard of that. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. I only have one failure there, really. We were invited to do a performance live, How Green Was My Cactus, to the Can- Canberra Chamber of Commerce oh. in the Great Hall of Parliament House. Right. So there we are in Parliament House. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> And the te- sound guys got the sound buggered up and you couldn't hear a word. So everyone just started talking and we had to go through, do the interval, then come back because we've been paid to do it. Oh. And the actors are just talking about as It's about as loud as we're talking now. Oh, wow. And you got these 500 people throwing buns at each other and talking over you. So I'd call that a failure. And while I was in Vanuatu, I wrote a book, as you know. You did, a travel book. Called The Small Guide to a Big Country. Yes. That's a failure. It was never renewed, never had any more than the first run. There you go. And my argument there was, why didn't you sell it overseas? People buy travel books before they come to Australia, not once they get here. That's it. You can go to your local tourism, Sunshine Coast, and get free stuff. That's it. When you're researching where you want to go, you want access to I'll buy Lonely Planet to Fiji before I go there. That's it. So there you go. There's some of my failures. Oh, well, they're rather spectacular. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) That's all right. Pity we can't have a mofo awake, though. Oh, well, you know, you could still turn that around. Maybe. Maybe. That was the idea of having people like Shane drop in to talk about our failures. Absolutely. I'd sit there and listen to that. (laughs) You were going to sing. I was. I was. Mm -hmm. I'll just have to sing regardless now. All right. Yes. But for now, we're going to run away. We are. Hooroo. Bye. (laughs) 